When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Joining us now on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline is Mike Clemens, our green and gold football reporter. Mike, that foghorn. I love the conversation that Matt LaFleur started with it, saying, hey man, when I was in Atlanta, they were playing here for the NFC title game, and we had to go to a silent count because the fans were so loud. I want that every single game. Yeah, I've been covering uh, Packer games almost as long as Matt LaFleur's been on the earth. You know what gets the Packer fans going to Lambeau Field? Touchdowns. That That, that is a good touchdowns. one. Yeah, they, they like hearing bang on the drum more than the fog. Try touchdowns. <laughs> Mike, so today you see more and more additions. In the last week you've seen more additions to that backfield, the tailback spot, and also the fullback role. You know, it's really interesting. Uh, the Packers had to jump and get a fullback now. Malcolm Johnson is one of the candidates at fullback, and you know, even though Danny Vitale has flashed a lot in camp, um, they, they don't want to forget Malcolm Johnson. They say he's done some good things, too. He's got a groin injury, which seems to be a little bit more serious. Danny Vitale has got this calf injury, but I saw Danny uh, you know, getting undressed in the locker room, taking off the pads, laughing, joking. I mean, I don't think his calf injury is that serious. I know those things can be nagging for a couple of weeks, but I, I think that that's more of a precautionary thing. Nevertheless, they, they require a fullback so much in this offense that they went out and signed a 29-year-old guy who played out his contract with the Jaguars and was about in the process of moving from Florida, this Tommy Bohannon, who had played for Nathaniel Hackett before Nathaniel got launched last year from the Jaguars. So, you know, he's, we asked him today how familiar he is with the Packers playbook. You know, I got the playbook yesterday, and uh, I went back to the hotel room, and I was able to kind of look through all the the run game things and the pass game things, and I was able to relate a lot of it to offenses that I've been in previously. And you know, it's one of those things where you have to learn on the fly, and you have to be a quick learner in the NFL the way that it is now. I played for Coach Hackett before, and the fullback was a main portion of his offense as well. So knowing that and coming in here, I know that the fullback is definitely going to be used, and it's going to be a focal point in the offense. And you know, I, I pride myself on my lead blocking and being able to catch out of the backfield, so I'm definitely excited to be here. And I thought Brian Gutekinst was pretty candid today when he said, you know, <laughs> as a GM, my coach says, i got to have a fullback, man. And he said, there's not a lot of fullbacks in camps around the league. There's not a lot of guys to pick from. Right. And so, you know, you're looking at the guys, the way you've rated these guys, you watch tape on them, and obviously being familiar uh, with Nathaniel Hackett's stuff, uh, helped uh, this Danny, uh, this Tommy Bohannon guy get picked up, but you know that's what's interesting is that you know Lafleur's like, no, I, I need this 22 personnel with two backs, one of them being a fullback who you don't know if he's going to block, you don't know if he's going to go out for a pass, and you got two tight ends, and that's what I'm basing first and second down on. We talk about that cornerback position right now, and with King uh, obviously being dinged up like always, who does this open up the door for? Well, Tony Brown's the man right now. Honest, honest to God, they, you know, and I told you guys this last week, uh, and then today Aaron Rodgers went off uh, on on Tony Brown talking about this kid, is, this guy is for real, man. He gets in here, he's the first one in, and he's the last one out, and he's not just hanging out, he's working. He's he's looking at tape, he's he's in the weight room, and he's he's got a lot of hustle. It's 
funny, I don't think his 40 time is that fast uh, at all. And I was talking to some, you know, veteran guys uh, over the weekend about it, and they were kind of surprised. But they they keep putting it, and they go, Patton will often do go with six defensive backs. You know, he'll have Jair and Tremont, and then this Tony Brown, and then Raven Green. Maybe he's like a hybrid safety. And then you got Adrian Amos, and then this uh, uh, Jamerson, Latrell Jamerson from the Badgers, number yep. 21. He's been getting a lot of snaps because they're slowly bringing in Darnell uh, um, Savage, uh, the first-round pick. But they'll put those six guys, and then, they, and then that means you got a five-man package up front. And Rodgers today said, man, when you got the two Smiths, Rashawn Gary and, and Kenny Clark, that's a handful when you're talking about trying to figure out what your pass protection is going to be. Let me ask you a little bit about Aaron um, Aaron Jones. How did he yeah. look today? But good. But they're not. I don't guess they're not going to run him in the game. Okay. Um, and he was running sprints along the sideline. He ran about <laughs> 10, 40, 50 yard gassers on Saturday, and you know, and and it was kind of fun in that way because it was right in front of us, Gary. You know where we stand right there on the sideline, and you could really see just how much speed that guy's got. I mean, you know, the whoosh, the wish when he goes by. So. You know, give it another week, and and he should be okay. Maybe for the yeah. next game against the Raiders. Mike, I don't have a question. I, I I don't have a question. I just have a comment. You're one on ones, okay? And I'm not just saying it. I'm a little biased. Whatever. Whatever. However, people want to take it. Your one on ones <laughs> are the best I've ever heard, and I think guys like talking to you. And they, you get stuff out of them that they normally don't get out of the media, and it's amazing what you can learn. And I like the fact that you're there seeing these guys every day, and you don't get a lot of credit for it. And and I'm surprised by that because I just you just do such good work up there. But the one-on-ones, I bet you I have ten one-on-ones from you, and I've learned some from each one of these guys that I probably wouldn't have learned, and that's a tribute to you asking not only good questions, but that means a guy feels comfortable talking to you especially. But I do want to mention one thing. Gutekun said the 30 to 53 guys, that's going to go down to the wire, to the last preseason game. Were you surprised by that comment, or it's a little bit, you know, kind of open competition with some of these guys we saw in the first preseason game. No, and that's got to do, I think, with the new coaching staff. And it, like, let's take Lane Taylor. Yes, have, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. You don't have a job. Who are you, dude? You know, when we say you got to hustle the line, you're new to us. And mm. if you're lacking, then Elton Jenkins, this kid's big and he's strong. And you know, it'll take us a time to get his footwork down to where we want to or how he's going to handle with the hand-to-hand combat of a veteran NFL defensive tackle. But uh, we'll just start coaching up this kid if, if you're not on the same page. Mm-hmm. So you can't have that veteran, I know what we're doing here. No, no, no. And so they say that Lane responded. They thought he responded in the game against the Texans because he was the only starter that was out there. They rested 26 guys. Um, and in terms of talking to these players, Lee, I am not a stats guy. Um, and and that's an important thing about this. There's a lot of guys that, that, that before they go into the locker room, they prepare and they look over all these stats, and then they think they come up with an angle and say, well, here's where this guy's failing, or here's where this guy's actually kind of hot. So that's the angle I'll take, and that's very important, and I, I do some of that. But at the end of the day, it's like Tony Brown. Who wants it? 
Who wants it? Mm-hmm. Who's mm-hmm. getting along with these guys? Who's taking notes? Who's driving his teammates nuts because he won't shut up? You know, at the end of the day, the Packers make a lot of cuts based on if you're going to fit in the locker room, mm-hmm. for better or for worse. And that's the way they believe that you can survive 16 regular season games and get into the postseason is if you work together better rather than, well, I get some great stats, but I'm going I'm, I'm to hold up the whole team because I don't like my new helmet. You know, those kinds of things. You know, Mike, you know, it, it, it feels <laughs> like, too, though, Mike, that, that Brian Bulagas had a pretty quiet camp, hadn't he? Brian Bulagas had a quiet camp. Equinemia St. Brown has had kind of a quiet camp. And Bulaga, mm-hmm. they keep resting. Yeah, you okay. Know, it goes like four days, and then uh, he takes the third practice off. Really? Okay. So I don't know if that's because a knee keeps swelling or whatever. He's been, he, was, he was very forthcoming at the start. Um, and the Jason Spriggs thing, and that's, a, that's a good example of what's going on up here as well. It's like, we forget about we traded up from the second mm-hmm. round all that. Blaga took off the first day in pads. So, hey, Jason, here's a great opportunity. He's been around long enough. Snaps. Yeah. And, and the next day, he's on the sidelines because he pulls a muscle in his back, and that, that's it. They're done. You know, we, this stuff always happens to this guy. I remember there was two years ago at the end of the season where he got his kneecap dislocated. Yes, I do remember that. What was amazing is that he, he somehow got through that without needing surgery, so he was able to get going in the OTAs and, and minicamp. But it's always something with him. And the, and the bottom line is he never developed. He looked like the prototype for at, at least a right tackle. They really thought he was, could be a potential left tackle, but he just never got consistent in his footwork in, in dealing with really strong outside linebackers. And, and this Alex Light, this kid's improved in the last year, got his head down, and it's like, you know what? Give, give the job to Alex Light. Let's talk about that for a second. Talk with Mike Clemens live from Green Bay, embedded up there uh, in the middle of all this uh, Packer uh, craziness, getting ready for the uh, next exhibition game against the Ravens. What about the depth of this offensive line? Coming in, I think there were some question marks uh, from us uh, here on this radio station. Uh, have those been answered? Do you like the depth on the offensive line? Well, let's start. I, I don't feel good about being in a big game and David Bakhtiari going down. I don't, I don't know who the left backup mm-hmm. left tackle is going to be. Um, at Lane Taylor, you know, Elton Jenkins, the rookie. Um, at center, that's taken care of. They really like Justin McCray. And Justin McCray continues to work his butt off. He can play all five positions he's, he has in the last two and a half years, and so they're okay there. Right guard, Billy uh, Turner or Lucas Patrick, you know, you're okay with those guys. Uh, Balaga, and then we mentioned Alex Light. Mm-hmm. Um, Pankey, Adam Pankey seems to have taken a step up. Madison Cole, the rookie that they drafted last year with, I think it was fifth round, he's still learning. He's got some strength. He's a guard. He keeps snapping the ball over you know, the third-string quarterback's head, Wilkins. So they've really kind of taken him out of center, but they're going to see if maybe he could be a backup guard. Um, and then there's this, you know, uh, Yoshi, Yoshi Ninjman. He's six foot seven. He's huge. That's, you know, we'll be watching more in the fourth quarter to see if he's picking up any steam as, as a left tackle. I don't see him as a pass blocker, mm-hmm. but maybe a, a right tackle backup or a practice squad guy uh, coming into it. But other than that, they're, they're, they've got at least seven guys you'd like to have eight that I feel good about going into the campaign. Mike, it seems like, and, and tell me if I'm wrong here, you're, you're up there every single day, so you hear them all of this time. 
just from what we've been able to get from Matt LaFleur, he seems like he has been become so comfortable with the microphone in front of him that that's one of the biggest hurdles that these coordinators have going from coordinator to head coach. He's responsible to talk to the media every single day. And, I mean, he's he's now having, like, full conversations with you guys instead of just saying, these are the injuries, this is what happened today, all right, I'm trying to get out of here as soon as possible. Yeah, these guys, are, him and Brian, are still playing it close when it comes to injuries. They won't tell you anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll know more tomorrow. <laughs> the guy's been out two weeks. <laughs> He's been out two weeks. But um, That's funny. Di- you went no more tomorrow. About two weeks. It was, it was chaotic here last week with the joint practices. Mm, and and LaFleur came in like, everything's okay. This is what we're going to do. I got my plan. Been through this. Understood. Anticipated. Um, and I have not seen this guy flinch at anything. At anything. And so, you know, there was a couple of games where, well, even you know, Holmgren has said this at the start of his career. Mike McCarthy said this, you know, when you're one and four and a new head coach, you start hiding under the desk because you think oh, they're going to turn in my key card. You know, it's not, it's not going to work. And there were times that when Brett Favre beat the Packers in the Metrodome on October 5th, 2009, as a Viking, mm. McCarthy was hubba hubba He was shaking because he couldn't believe that he'd lost to this guy. He, that, you know, he thought he was in big trouble. And maybe someone in the organization let him know. There was times where I saw McCarthy literally shake like, oh, boy, you know, I, I may have just lost my job. Uh, I haven't seen that from LaFleur yet at all. We'll see what happens when we get into the adversity of the season and if he's one and four. Uh, which is, you know, could happen, probably happen to a new head coach. But he did a breakdown of the film of the Texans game that went on for about three minutes. The stats were right there at the, you know, at his fingertips. There's no notes or anything like that. And that's why when you talk to these players and you say, well, what's LaFleur like? And they can't really give you Mm-mm. a real grasp of it yet, even though they've been with him for four or five months. But the first thing that everybody says out of their mouth, four out of five players, they say, well, he's smart. And that's because when he comes into the team meeting in the morning and says, guys, here's what we're doing. And, you know, he doesn't work from notes. He's working from tape. He's talking from his brain. He's talking from his heart. It's like, well, this guy's got this down. I mean, he knows what he wants to do. Yep. And we've got to figure out how to be with him. And, and that's where he's with him. And he's cracking the whip on these guys about, on the offense particularly, about speed. Break the huddle, get up to the line, snap, get right. it off like this, and and, and he's he's going to the whip like he's in the Kentucky Derby. These guys can never quite get fast enough, and that's what he wants. He that's wants good. absolute tempo mm-hmm. in ninety-minute practices, and the rest of the time we're in meetings and we do walkthroughs, so that you're totally not thinking. And when you hit the practice field, when you when you hit the playing field, you're the fastest team in the NFL. That's what they're trying to get going right now. So today was kind of funny though. When this chopper starts hovering over, <laughs> flying over the practice field, and everybody's looking up and kind of elbowing, like, what the hell is that? So we asked LaFer, did you see the, the chopper during practice today? I did not. I did not. Was it was the Bears send a spy to come? <laughs> Where was it at? I'm going to have to get on Doug. You can't allow that. There's no fly zone right here. He's getting after Doug Collins, the security guy. 
Mm-hmm. Mike, appreciate it, man. For Thursday, Aaron Rodgers will be in uniform playing, and we'll talk to you at 535. Looking forward to it. Quarter. Thank you, Big Show. Appreciate right, it, Mike. That's Mike Clemens. Thanks, Mike. Brought to you by Chili's here on the Wendy's Big Show. Looking to buy, build, renovate, or refinance in 2019. Look no further. Call Great Midwest Bank today. Great Midwest Bank providing simply local, common-sense lending to your community since 1935. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.